Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back in to the Wedding Lounge for another episode. Once again, I am not alone. I am slowly but surely convincing Armin to become a co-host on the Wedding Lounge podcast. So we're back for another episode. This is literally the day after we recorded the Europe one. So we're on a roll. We're hot. We're going. We're going to get it done. And today we have a very good episode for you. Today, the topic of our episode is wedding mistakes or wedding questions, wedding mishaps from Reddit. We all know Reddit is a wild community. I'm not on Reddit, but I enjoy reading subreddits of other people, their experiences, what they go through. And I must say, people have had some very, very interesting wedding stories. And today we're going to get into them, break it down, have a good laugh. But also, this will be more informative because we are going to talk about how to avoid certain mistakes, what we would advise in certain situations, and how you can have the smoothest day possible and the smoothest planning process. So let's get into it. I'm ready. I am ready. Okay, we're back. Welcome back, Armin. How are we doing? How are you? I'm feeling? very good. Um, slightly hungry. Um, slightly tired, but I am ready because, like we said, we want to stay consistent with this and give the people some good information today. But I'm ready for the Reddit questions that we will have today. It's gonna be good. I'm I'm glad you're here. I think it also helps me. It's a little bit more exciting when I don't have to uh, talk to myself. That's for sure. But like you said, today we're getting into some juicy uh, subreddits about weddings. We didn't exactly know what we were going to do with this episode, but we had the bright idea of having other people choose the topics for us. And in this case, it was the lovely community of Reddit. I'm sure many of us have had horror stories or even, even fun positive stories at our weddings that always stood out. And us as vendors, we have definitely experienced them and have gone through them and we we love helping people uh, navigate tough situations or preferably avoid them so i'm glad you're doing well it's good to have you back on the podcast and shall we get into it i'm ready what's the first question this was a story username 52 writes my mom invites everyone she has ever met so when we fell in love with a venue, we said, oh, of course we can meet the minimum number of people. Now that we are looking at the guest list, we are realizing that we aren't really close and we might just start inviting people we don't really care about or spend a few thousand dollars on people that don't exist. I signed a hotel contract and I have about 50% occupancy and I'm on the line for the rest. Ooh. Now... This is a very interesting one because it's usually a lot harder to keep a guest list from going over than <laughs> to have a guest list that goes under. So today we'll cover both. How do you feel about 
parents having a say over the guest list? Well, here's the thing, right? I've had, personally for me, I've had like parents, because there's some parents that, you know, they want to do this for their kids. They're like, we'll take care of it and things like that. And in that case, I feel like they do have a voice in like how many guests that you can invite. If you're putting the money behind it, sure. But if you're putting your kids on the line that, oh, you're, they're paying everything, right? They have, ultimately they have the say in, in like how many people they can invite. You have to take into consideration how much people are paying for these sort of weddings, you know? You gotta take into consideration catering, tables, at like even a chair where you sit at during the ceremony costs like, a, yeah, it's crazy. So it's not like this simple thing that of course you wanna invite everyone and like everyone, when it comes to the parents, they just wanna invite their whole family, the third, fourth, fifth cousin and it just, it can get too crazy. But personally for me, if it was like, I'm just gonna say if it was my wedding, I would want to take care of that situation. And if my parents were to be paying for that wedding, I would still want to be like, okay, we can't invite the whole crew, you know, but at the same time, like, sure, you could bring people, your friends along or people that you know that I may not know, but they're welcome to come. And you still have to interact with these people. A lot of the couples, they go table to table and I'm just going to be like, if I go to a table, it's just going to be like, oh, who are you? Like, nice to meet you, of course. But at the same time, I would like to at least know of them or know their name or something. But it's it's for me, it's a no-no unless you're pretty much paying for like the whole wedding. I agree. That's an interesting way to look at it. I'm glad you brought up both situations. I think if you are the one funding the wedding, you have complete say as a couple. As a couple, I think you, you definitely have say over the guest list in its entirety. Now, I don't want to swing too far to the opposite end either. I, I think a lot of people will advise you to not care about what other people think, other people's opinions. It's your wedding. It's your day. Do what you want. And I understand that side of it 100%. But maybe it's just me. I also feel like family is important. I feel like family matters. And especially people like your parents because they've played a pivotal role in your upbringing. And I could say... Well, for, for many people or a caregiver, a grandfather, important people who would have that type of say in the guest list, they have played a pivotal role to getting you there. They've been important in your life. So I don't agree with simply neglecting everyone's opinion. Now, if they have money behind it, I think it's fair to say, how much does this get you? Okay, you gave me $15,000. Be straightforward. How much does this get you? What would you like? That That's a whole different thing. If they're kind of funding your wedding, I think you have to be a lot more aware of their likes and their wants. But if you're funding it, I still think you can have a straightforward conversation in a kind way and tell your parents, hey, mom, hey, dad, I want you to think of the 10 to 15 most important people to you or the 10 to 15 people that you are closest with. And I would like you to share this day with them, to share our day with them. If your dad has a childhood friend who was always around the house and maybe he raised his daughter at the same time as yours and things like that, I'm sure your dad also wants to share that day with one of his best buddies. Or your mom, you know, has her her close friends that maybe would take you to soccer practice for 10 years straight. I think 
allowing them to have some say or have a limited amount of uh, of guests or contribute to the to the guest list in a limited amount i think that's a very kind and considerate thing to do but like i said i think there has to be a cap because i think a lot of us also have parents who like this redditor said can invite everyone they know they will go to the gym and invite the lady <laughs> they just met they will go to the supermarket and invite the person who always gives them their roast beef you know they will invite everyone and you can say like mom i've never met this person and even that can even happen with family if you have an extended family they're gonna want to invite cousins you've met once or twice in your life or have spent time with once when you were seven years old. And you'd be like, well, he's your cousin. He's your family. Of course he has to come. I think that's where you can kind of start to draw the line uh, in certain cases. But I think giving them that that consideration, that care, and that, that knowledge, them knowing that you actually value um, value them and who they care about, I, I think it can be a little harsh for you to want to invite as a parent one of your you know, close people and your son or daughter telling you like, no, you can't do that. So that's, that's where I stand on it. I think in this case, you know, it was a completely different situation because she couldn't fill the guest list, but it goes back to what we're saying. I think that's a conversation you have to have very clear beforehand because your guest list, I, I believe will be one of the trickiest parts of planning your wedding is going to be who's going and who are we paying for? Because weddings can be expensive like you said, a chair can be $100 just for someone to sit for 30 minutes. And I think that's when you really start to to understand who you're close with and who matters to you. And it, it's good to have those conversations far beforehand, before you make any decisions on venue. That's, that's definitely for sure. So to wrap it up, it can be a sensitive subject. It can be a sensitive topic, but I think it's a very important conversation to have especially uh, regarding guests, because that is a very important aspect to your wedding, if not one of the most important aspects to your wedding. Do you have any other thoughts on that? that that's the advice that we would give to Redditor52 or, or something like that. <laughs> Anything else? I guess some final points that I would just uh, put out is if they're putting money behind them, allow them some flexibility. If they're not, still do so but maybe a little less um maybe don't invite like you said the um person working at the bakery that you don't even know but allow them to invite some cousins that you maybe never met before but you can meet now at your wedding you know and that's where i would that's where i would cut the line yeah out. i think the point that we're both trying to make is communication is very important prior to making any decisions and i know some things you can figure out later on but I don't think guest list is one of those things that you can figure out later on. I think guest guest count for sure is something that you need to uh, you need to have very clear going into the purchase of a of a venue. All right, moving on. This one is from a redditor called Los Lemons Night Cheese, and she says, "Okay, <laughs> she says, I like it." <laughs> one of my biggest mistakes was a receiving line. We put my mother-in-law in charge of everything because we were getting married in my husband's hometown, but we were in a school in a different state. She wanted a receiving line and we didn't fight her on it. For those of those who don't know, a receiving line is essentially where you have to receive all of your guests uh, as they come into the venue. 
or wherever you may be. So that's what it is. I will continue. She says, it turns out she invited the entire city. We didn't get to eat the catered food. We didn't get to dance. Didn't even get to cut our cake. They started serving and eating our cake because we were stuck in the foyer of the reception hall, shaking hands with hundreds of people who we didn't know and would never meet again. I cannot stress enough. Just don't do this. That's interesting. That's uh, that is kind of a horror story when you're not present at your own wedding. Now, this was brought upon another parent or in this case, a mother-in-law. And we love parents, so we don't want to give parents a bad rap. We're not going to go down the parents rabbit hole again. But let's talk about how much time you spend with your guests and or how much time you don't spend with your guests. What are things couples should have in mind when calculating how much time they're going to be available for their guests, how much time they should be available for their guests, what's too much, what's too little. In this case, for Lowell's cheese or something, it was a little bit too much. It was a little bit excessive, she felt. So what are your thoughts on that? I think what's important is this is where a wedding coordinator would be really beneficial. Um, first of all, because they can help you organize a timeline that would fit that specific block into into there. So, for example, you could give maybe after dinner 15 minutes, 20 minutes, go around the table and just things like that. And but if you don't end up getting to pretty much all of the tables, you could just blame it on your coordinator. Just blame it on them. Just be like, oh, the coordinator is telling me that we have to go do this. I'm so sorry that I wasn't able to meet you or, or shake your hand or things like that. Because what's important is at the end of the day, this is your wedding, right? You want this to be a memorable experience and, and get through everything that you want uh, on your wedding. Of course, you want your family. You want to celebrate with your family. But if this Miss Lemon, what was Something her name? Like lemon cheese. <laughs> let's just let's just call her Miss Lemon. In her experience, she was, you know, talking to people that she's never met before. And this is one of those things where it's like, okay, I don't want to be rude, but at the same time, this is my wedding and I want to experience the things that I have planned, that I have planned for the past year or two years that I've had uh, this wedding play in my head over and over. And now it's getting in a way wasted with with me kind of like meeting all of these people that I don't know and that's when it can become like how she or he said uh, well it's Miss Lemon right it's a she so um, it can become a nightmare and it can just you can't end up getting to what you have to get to at the I end agree. of the day that's, so that's right that's to. a good point I think you have to be considerate mm -hmm. of that I can play both sides of the coin. I think there's too much time with your guests, and I also think there's too little time with your guests. But I really love the point that you brought up about uh, having someone you can blame. Like, I know that sounds harsh, but I'll tell you right now, your photographer, hopefully, at least we as photographers and videographers, we will be happy to be the bad person for you. And I think that's a good conversation to have prior saying like, hey, we want to go and say hello to all of our tables, for example. That's something that's pretty common, where the couple goes, says hi to all of the tables, take a photo, but have that conversation with your photographer or the coordinator. Say, hey, 
this is something that we want to do because we want to be courteous and we want to obviously be attentive to our guests, but don't let us spend too much time there and don't let us get caught up in conversations and don't let us get caught up in things that are going to take away from being present during the rest of our day. What would this look like? You get to a table. Hey, thank you so much for coming. We want to take a picture with everyone. Da, da, da. Then they start, you know, sharing their life story from when they were 18 and they got married and things like that. And that's when your photographer says like, hey, Miss Lemon, we got to we got to move along because, you know, we got the first dances coming up. Um, we'll get back to everyone, you know, after dances, we can definitely spend. Oh, OK, OK, OK. Well, the photographer's rushing us out, but it was really nice to see you and we'll talk later. The coordinator is rushing us out. It was really nice to see you, but we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk soon. Right. We'll, we'll dance in a bit. That's a great point. I think having a person that can be the bad person during the wedding day will help you a lot. Will help will help you a lot because sometimes we don't take this action because we feel bad. Like we invited these people and how are we not going to spend 10 minutes with everyone or 30 minutes with everyone? It's not possible and it's not realistic. Now there's an other or opposite side to that where you can spend too little time with your guests and I think you can get caught up in so many other things. And I'll even say like you can get caught up in photos and videos where you're spending the entire day taking photos. Uh, you're taking photos in the morning. You're taking photos, family photos during the reception, during the cocktail hour. You want to take advantage to take more photos. And then during sunset, of course, you've got to get the golden hour. And then you want the night portraits. And the, and that feels like the whole day is a photo shoot. And I think the photographer, videographer has to be more aware of this than you. Because, of course, you hire them as a professional. And if they say it's a good time to take photos, then you want to honor that and you want to respect that. But there's also a time and a place um, for certain things. And then you might be kicking yourself thinking, like, I wish I could have just had cocktail hour with my guests. Like, I wish I could have spent some time with my best friends, with, uh, you know, my friends from college. Or I wish I could have played cornhole with a guest, whatever it may be. But I think these are also conversations that you want to have beforehand and conversations that are valuable so you don't go too far out uh, in one extreme or the other. Do you have any other thoughts? That's why you need someone who understands how to go about the day. And one of those people is, of course, your coordinator if you have one. Or if you don't have one, get a good photographer that knows what they're doing. Because if you don't have a coordinator, they're pretty much your coordinator for the day. And they'll be able to understand when you have to go with family or when you have to take pictures. And if you get a really good photographer, they'll be able to get those pictures done a lot quicker than someone who's unexperienced or that's trying to build up their portfolio because they'll want all of these pictures for the portfolio. Whereas someone who's already experienced, already knows what they want, already knows what you guys need as a couple. And they'll be able to get you guys to your family a lot faster if that's what you want for and your you day. You made another great point. I'm glad you're a mm -hmm. co-host now. <laughs> that was a good point i think where we went wrong initially was saying we put my mother-in-law in charge like nothing mm -hmm. against the mother-in-law of course but that's when it's really valuable to have someone who knows how wedding days run and what things go wrong what things can go wrong and how to manage them so it doesn't if you don't have the budget for a coordinator but maybe you have a bit higher budget for a photographer spend that because photographers even though it's not their job but a good service-based photographer will be a lifesaver will be a fantastic coordinator throughout the day or 
built-in coordinator throughout the day otherwise mm-hmm. make sure you have someone who goes to a lot of weddings or something someone who and, and <laughs> someone who kind of has has the guts to say let's move along and I've, I've met a lot of good um kind of like maids of honor or uh best mans that have been actually really good at coordinating the day but most of them are just they're they want to experience like with their family also so they're not always paying attention to the time and a lot when i was starting um a lot of these couples i was pretty much their coordinator i had to help them with the timeline and things like that and it's 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 a stressful job trying to coordinate everything while also trying to take pictures but now i'm a lot more comfortable with that and i know what i want i know what i need from them and i'm able to coordinate the day okay we have to go here now go here now and then move you guys on to everything to dancing or just hanging out with your family so that that's another important thing that you can put your your best man or maid of honor in charge of coordinating but then again they have to be one of those people that are organized uh, that know kind of how the wedding's going to go exactly they're on top of it and if you don't have that you better have a good photographer or videographer in in any case strongly agree i think we helped miss lemon a mm-hmm. lot in retrospect because this already happened <laughs> so yeah now we go to glatty guy which is another redditor that writes my biggest mistake was focusing way too much on small details Nobody cares what color the napkins are. If it was my wedding and I don't remember what color they were, or it was my own wedding and he doesn't remember what color they were, he says, get napkins, move on, no need to stress about that stuff. So focusing way too much on the small details, your thoughts. So when it comes to the small details, right, when it comes to me, speaking from my experience, I always try to attach everything to what what I do in my wedding and me being a guy and me being in the wedding industry, (laughs) I am a lot more focused in kind of like the big picture. I would rather spend that money that I would be like, oh, it costs an extra thousand, two thousand dollars to make these napkins pink and matching to everything, everything else. I would rather spend that in something like live music, which I love. But when it comes to small details, I wouldn't remember them personally. But if you're a highly detailed person that is like, okay, I need everything organized, things like that. And if you think you're going to remember it, and if the budget is there, then why not, right? But like how, who was it, the Redditor that gave us this wonderful question? Well, the Redditor that gave us this wonderful question, she didn't remember it. I wouldn't remember it. I don't think you would either. But if you think you would, if it's in the back of your head and it's something that bothers you, then go for it if you have the budget. But I wouldn't stress too much about it. That's, That's a good point. I think this is good. A good point to stop and and think about asking other people what did you remember about your wedding what didn't you remember what was memorable what actually mattered at the end of the day now i i think we tend to work with a lot of very detail-oriented brides and it's very beautiful because they think of things that no one else thinks of and i think that that's the point that no one else thinks of it aside from you Mm -hmm. um 
if you're being detailed, I'd suggest being detailed in how the day goes and how the day operates as opposed to things like napkins, the color of forks and things like that. Now, if you have a wedding planner, that's when I think you can go through every detail. What color is the sidewalk? You know, like I think if you want to do that, do that because the planner will get things done and it doesn't take so much energy from you because she or he may say, here are three options for linens. What do you like most? And you're going to say, well, I like this one. Uh, this one's in second place. So between these two, and they're going to say, okay, I'll get it done. And that does not take so much of your energy. If you're doing that, you're going to say, I'm going to go to Michael's. I'm going to go to Hobby Lobby. I'm going to go to Home Goods, and I'm going to look through 75 linens every weekend. And I'm going to like 35 of them. And then I'm going to ask my husband which one to pick. And when he picks the wrong one, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> Not my personal experience, but I assume that's how it goes. Now, with a planner, go, go all in. Get all the details you want. But if you're planning your own wedding, I think that's going to fry you. Like, it's going to fry your brain. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like unnecessary stress in a way. Um, because like how she said, she didn't remember the color of their napkins, right? But people will remember live music or I don't know. I would rather just invest that money somewhere else. Personally. I think that's a good point. If you, if you are looking at the details because you want your wedding to be unique and you want your wedding to be different and you don't want it to be cookie cutter, whatever that means, which is usually what I find that that's when people will pay more attention to the details. This is the advice I would give you. I would have one big statement, one big wow statement. So you may not spend as much time, you know, focusing on the napkins and the forks and focusing on having a flying, like, I don't know, focusing on small things like where the DJ is set up and, you know, what song you play during cocktail hour. But, if you, if you spend all that money that you were going to spend on the details into an ice sculpture in the middle of your reception, or if you spend it into like hang, a hanging flower garden, like you may not have even had napkins, but they'll be like, that was a wedding with the ice sculpture. That was a wedding with the flower garden. That was a wedding where at the end of the night, they blasted off 75 rounds of fireworks. Like invest into one statement piece and I think that is what will make your wedding truly memorable because not saying I go to a lot of weddings, like as a guest, you know, but people who do like people don't remember, like what, what, what meal did you have four weddings ago? Mm, I want to say some type of beef. But that I could have honestly, been five weddings ago or fifty weddings remember. ago, you know. Yeah, exactly. Be, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I don't remember. But we remember mm-hmm. like when they bring. I remember a wedding where they brought an uh, a ice cream truck and they served ice cream cones and ice like ice cream sandwiches and things like that. I have no idea what I ate that day. I have absolutely no idea, and it was a gorgeous wedding. They invested a lot of money into it. But I remember the ice cream truck because that was their statement piece. And for me, that wedding will be forever memorable because they had 
they had that ice cream truck. And I thought that was really cool. So invest in a statement piece that will actually make your wedding memorable and save your money on the details. Uh, personally, that's my advice. Unless you have a planner, then do whatever you want. Um, but I think doing it yourself, getting caught up in those little things yourself, it will fry you. And believe it or not, wedding planning uh, does require stamina. I think when you're a year out or eight months, a lot of eight months out, you're like a lot of mental, physical stamina. Let's go. Like, what's next? But once you're like two months out, you're like, just get whatever, like do whatever. And then that's <laughs> when you start making the real bad decisions, like letting your mother-in-law decide who's coming in and going out. You know, exactly. <laughs> that that's. <laughs> I agree. Exactly. Okay, I agree. So, for this this lovely person, um, I'm sorry that that was the case and i'm sorry you don't remember your napkins i don't think i don't think many of us do so the next question or the next uh sad story was someone was told counting beans was told why are you so worried about the budgets you'll get gifts and he says or she says a new toaster will not pay my bills so what are your thoughts on wedding gifts, how important they are, either relying on wedding gifts to cover parts of the wedding or relying on the gifts being valuable enough to, uh, I guess, relieve some financial strain? What are your thoughts on just wedding gifts in general and how you should view them? I think so. When it comes to just planning out your wedding, just having a wedding you should not rely on other people having to pay for it i've had like a lot of couples if they want a wedding they want to experience it with their family they just they want to of course you should still build a wedding of your dreams but a lot of them they're just like we want to celebrate with your with with my family we never see some of these people and this is like the one time that we get all of our, of our family together and if you're going to invest in something like this, you shouldn't expect your guest to pay for any of it or even to have any gifts given to you. As bad as that sounds, that's my opinion. No, it's your opinion. If I'm doing this for, yeah, if I'm doing this, I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this because I want to bring my family. If not, I'm eloping somewhere else. I'm having a small gathering and just saving that money that I would spend on bringing all of my family together and just having something small with with maybe like 10, 20 family members if you don't want to invest in something like this. Um, but a wedding does require investment that you shouldn't expect anything back from when it comes to your guests. You're going to feed these people. You're going to pretty much throw a party for these people. And that's what you should expect of the day. Um, I wouldn't say you should expect any sort of compensation from your guests no i mean everyone's gonna have a different take the thing is you're not gonna be right we, we could true. easily be rebuttaled with a completely different take and i could also agree with that take so like we're not in the business of being right necessarily but we are in the business of giving you something to think about and like armin said i i agree i don't i don't think you should rely or expect much from your wedding gifts i've found that wedding gifts are usually from the people that you least or that you're least close to because they feel a little bit of guilt like oh man i don't even know why i'm here 
So let me like for sure make sure, you know, I take a, a nice gift. So if you're expecting like a super nice gift from some close people, being honest, they might just say like, I am the gift <laughs> and me being here is the gift. Yeah, my presence. So yeah, someone else will say like, good. oh, I, I helped, I helped him, you know, pick his tuxedo. Someone else will say, well, I helped set up the flowers. Like what else do they want or something like that? So you don't know what people are thinking. And unless you're actively seeing the registry be filled out, you also don't know what you're getting. But like the Redditors said, a toaster is not going to do much for you. Like a, a toaster is, is not going to, you know, pay for your photographer. Sorry. Unless there's a photographer who works for toasters. But I don't think, I don't think that's <laughs> going to happen. And I don't think you should expect that to happen. Now, there may be a place for asking for cash. I don't see why that would be an issue. Like, if the guests are asking, is there something more valuable than a toaster? And you say, hey, whatever you'd like is okay with me. If you'd like to give cash or the cash equivalent, I mean, I'm not going to say no. That would, be, that would be very helpful. In my personal opinion, I would say, like, this is the registry. If you would like to give the cash equivalent to something, that's... That's a kind gesture, and we appreciate it. But like I said, you could do whatever you want. Is there a place to ask for cash? I'm sure there is. Someone else going to feel completely fine? Yes. Some guests are going to be offended, maybe. Some guests are going to be like, great, because I don't know what to get you. Of course. There's so many avenues you can go through it. But the bottom line is, I don't think you should expect much value from gifts or rely on uh, financial aid from the gifts. Because, of course, you may receive some from family members or friends prior to the wedding. But, yeah, relying on anything, honestly, is uh, not, not the best idea. And I would include a buffer in your budget of 5 to 10%, if not more. If your budget is $50,000, your budget is realistically $40,000. Do not get a venue that is $35,000 because you only have $5,000 to spend. And if you're thinking, like, well, the venue's 35000 but... My budget is 50. No, your budget is 40 because things will go wrong and you want to have that peace of mind of five to $10,000 to cover that. And do not use it under any circumstances because you don't know what things will go wrong. And the closer you get to the wedding date, the more expensive vendors are going to get if someone gets sick, if the cake can't be made, if someone goes out of business, if someone moves, one of your vendors breaks their leg, like whatever it may be and you have to act quick and get someone else, you need to have that buffer. Don't touch it. Worst case scenario, you have an extra five to $10,000 for your honeymoon and you're happy. So please have a buffer and respect the buffer. Do not play with it. Do not bite into it even a little bit because things will go wrong. And we can make a whole episode about that. I think we did. I think that that, that was a, a good question. So something that I see Redditor Adrian here uh, Adrian, I uh, can't think of a cool username, but we'll see. Something that I see is not enough buffer during the day. So we talked about financial buffers. What about time buffers during the day? What are your thoughts on that really quickly? I think when it comes to a wedding, it's you will be amazed at how little time you're going to have for even just putting on your makeup. Like as a photographer slash filmmaker, I always run into these things and I do my best to 
keep the brides on time but sometimes it's not up to me it's up to the makeup artist or anything that is out of my control it might be up to I don't know, the bus driver taking you to the venue, being late, and there will always be some, just plan for something to go wrong, although usually it goes pretty well, ends up working out, but just plan, always plan for something to go wrong. So like how Adrian said, bride prep is very underrated in the day when it comes to, um, at least when it comes to capturing it as a photographer filmmaker and you want to have time allocated to that to be able to you know get ready for the day it's a stressful day but you just have to get ready for it and you have to allocate time to so many things throughout the day that bride prep should be at least top three most important right because it should be time slots bride prep and then ceremony time and then reception it's usually kind of how it goes um, but yeah, because as a filmmaker, I want to capture everything from your dress, your details. You want, if you have your mom there, you want to have time with your mom. Um, sometimes we like to read little letters when we capture that. Sometimes we like to take you to a different location that might be a bit further away to where you're getting ready. Um, and although it's not needed, we always appreciate it. And like I said, things could always go wrong. So always allocate time for things that do go wrong. If, if things go wrong. Absolutely. Like you said, it's not like we're always going to work within your timeline and within your time constraints. That's not a problem. Like, I don't think, I mean, of course, anyone can be the problem, but think of all the moving pieces you have during a wedding. If you have 15 vendors, all it takes is one. All it takes is one vendor for something unfortunate. It's not always going to be their fault, but something may happen. Like you said, the bus driver, like that's happened where the bus driver doesn't show up on time. And you may think like of all people, the bus driver is going to throw off my day. Like, But it, it just takes one person. And if the bus driver's late, then the photographer's late, then the videographer's late, the bride is late, the groom is panicking, everyone's in the hot sun outside or whatever. Like it can it can kind of escalate pretty fast. Let's say your timeline says bride prep ends at 1130 from 8 a.m. to 1130 and then the next slot says ceremony 11:30 to 12:15 like that's already a red flag like if you're if your bride prep ends at 11:30 your ceremony needs to start at 12:15 and go from there even people leaving the ceremony if you think they're going to leave their chairs like within 5 seconds you're already mistaken like they're going to take 15 minutes just chatting to other people or if you think you're going to be on time I'm not saying you're not. I mean, if you're working with us, you're always going to be on time, but I'm just kidding. Even even we have had some rough uh, situations. Aside from financial buffer, keep in mind your time buffer. Make sure you have more time than you need. Worst case scenario, you get to hang out and say hi to all of Aunt Cheryl's guests that you don't know. Like That's the worst case scenario. You have an extra an hour, an extra half an hour, and that's when things can really get fun. Mm-hmm. Like If you want a specific photo session that you didn't get to have or you just want to honestly some people just want to freshen up yeah you want to touch up your makeup you want to let your hair down you want to change into your bride's dress you want to put on flats for 30 minutes like all that stuff matters give yourself more time than you need and uh you'll thank us you'll thank us later yep okay well i think we covered quite a bit here and i think we helped a lot of redditors without them knowing 
maybe we should start our own Reddit threads of of what advice we would give to people. And I think it might be a little a little bit too harsh. Because what did you say? <laughs> I forgot what you said. You said, who cares about your wedding? Just have it. No, I did not say who cares about your wedding. I said I would invest it in, like you said, a centerpiece that people are going to remember a lot more than what color your napkins were. It's, the thing with me is I'm a very decisive person, but I understand how stressful a wedding can be. And you have to take a lot into consideration. Um, but, I mean, thank you to the Redditors for, for the questions. Um, these are just my opinions again, just from being in the wedding industry and worrying about the details is okay, but at the same time, don't stress out too much about those types of things. Yeah, that's true. That's a, that's a very good point. I agree entirely. Like Armin said, these are all just our opinions and take that as you will, but I hope that it was helpful. If you ever want us to make decisions for you, we will gladly like, I think many of our viewpoints are very simple and straight to the point, but we also try and understand everyone else's thoughts and opinions and where me, where we may agree and where we may differ. It's a complicated little world. If you're planning a wedding, if you are involved in planning a wedding, and if you're not, because we have some listeners that just enjoy listening to the podcast, then I hope it's at least fun to see a little bit of chaos and the chaos that people go through planning their wedding. But this was fun. And I think next time we should do uh, questions from our own brides or or things that our own brides maybe would take back, would do more of. Yeah. Or, or even horror stories that we've experienced personally. <laughs> Not in our case, you know, but things that we've seen maybe with other vendor vendors that we've worked with Ooh. that have had you know one of those impacts in a wedding uh, it's always the food we'll get into it's it it's always the yeah. food like there is this one venue where that i'm not even going to go there you know i'm not even <laughs> going to go there but Leave it for a the cold next sandwich ladies and gentlemen is not necessarily the greatest token of appreciation towards your vendors uh, but that's a conversation for another day. And I think we should wrap this one up. I feel good about this episode. I feel we're a lot better than we usually are. I feel like, see, we actually can do something good. You know, we can, we can have some, <laughs> we can help some people. <laughs> we don't always do but bad podcasts. I, I feel like this was a good one. I'm proud of us here. And hopefully Armin continues to join the wedding lounge because this is a better podcast when it's not just me. So let's let's do more of this. I agree. I will be here whenever you need me. Let's do it. All right. Cool. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for listening. If you want to reach out to any of us, I'll link all of our uh, all of our places down below so you can reach out or look at Armin. <laughs> 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 look at no, me no, please uh, you can look you at give me. us a, a rating on spotify or uh, apple podcast wherever you get your podcast hopefully a good one i mean hopefully a good one i mean five stars this feels like a five-star podcast let's not get crazy you know this is a good podcast and uh, at least we're having fun with it so hopefully it gives you a, a, a fun little a fun little time and we have no idea how to wrap up podcasts, so we're just rambling now. I'm rambling now. 
So please enjoy the rest of your day. Please enjoy the wedding planning if you are doing so. And take care, everyone. Thank you for joining us. And we'll see you on the next one. Peace out, everyone. See you next time. Ciao.